0: All right, so Rob and I we had a conversation today, and I, I realized something about myself. <laughs> and as as I was taking finally taking the Christmas decorations pa- off, of paint us house, a word picture, Chris. Yeah, um, I realized that the warmer I try to dress, the more I just look like a hipster. And like today I had the flannel shirt on. I had uh, I had fingerless gloves. I had, like the round sunglasses, like the John Lennon sunglasses, mm-hmm. and like the and like one of the little beanies. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, like, oh no. <laughs> and, you, and you made
1: a remark about how you look like a hipster, and I made a comment about how you're now in the process of having acquired ingredients to make your own beard oil. <laughs> and... But I'm
0: not. I swear to God, I'm not a hipster. Even though, like, although, no, no,
1: no, how no, no, no. are gonna let I them. The we're gonna let the listeners decide because what beer are you drinking right now? Oh no! <laughs> okay, so we just
0: finished a craft beer, which I guess is bad enough. <laughs> like tired hands, who I had like already knowledge of and and, and opinions formed within. Now I'm drinking Miller High Life, <laughs> and that settles it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that settles it. Uh, I did. That I it. did I I- take
0: the beanie off. Chris, so what I- are
1: your thoughts on the new Saint Vincent album?
0: Uh, you know what? Before they went so mainstream, and it-
1: oh no. Oh, what have I done? Oh, Oh, God. And with that realization that Chris apparently has a very unfortunate 2019 resolution, welcome everybody to the first 2019 episode of Thieves, Rogues, and Renegades. I am Rob North.
0: And I am your co-host, Chris Miller.
1: And uh, yes, Happy New Year, everybody. We're glad to be back after a little break from the holidays. Things were very hectic for all of us. We're both very tired. We've had no sleep, so this will be a fun one today.
0: Yeah, our, our schedules really didn't get any easier. Oh, they did not. I bought a day planner, and I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not, like I know everybody else just uses like calendar app on their phone, like Google Calendar, Gmail, or whatever.
1: Thank All you for joining right us on
0: this episode of
1: Dull White Men Talking.
0: <laughs> oh no, i on want to you, because NPR. now I'm like I don't even like technology. I'd rather use a pen and paper. Like, oh God,
1: Rob, no. help! I think you're beyond help. Well, okay, so hopefully we can bring this back with our subject today. We're talking about a felon named Ned Lowe. Ned Lowe. This this guy is serious. Yeah, he was one of the pirates, they kind of got like swept under the rug. Yeah, not a lot of not as many people know about Ned Lowe as really should. as they should. Like Ned Lowe
0: is like the poster child for the golden age of piracy, at least as like the Royal Navy would have painted yeah. it.
1: He really is. So to Sum things up. Ned Lowe was a pirate uh, most famously known not for the level of his exploits when it came to robbery and thievery, although he should be. As He, he was should actually a, be. He was a very talented There's pirate. was only
0: one guy who captured more ships than him that we're going to talk about a little bit later.
1: But he was known for the brutality of his actions and his apparently sadistic nature, as well as a pretty healthy level of mental instability and also the uncertainty of his end. Nobody knows what happened to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's one of the less well-known of the great pirates of the Golden Age, despite having a pretty remarkable career. And so the sources for today's episode, of course, we've got A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates by Captain Charles Johnson. We also have Under the Black Flag by David Cordingley. Wonderful book. If you don't know anything about the world of pirates, go out, buy this book, give it a read. It'll really open a door for you.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a really approachable book too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a, a pretty, it's a relatively easy read.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's well written. It's not very dense. Yeah,
0: it reads more like a narrative than it does like a textbook.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's yeah. It's a fun read. It's mm-hmm. an interesting read. It keeps you wanting to turn. Kind the pages. of like
0: uh, like David McCullough writes, like, like mm-hmm. in that
1: style. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that's a very very good. Comparison. It yeah, I mean, McCall
0: McCullough is is the better yeah. of the two, but not just because he's a Pittsburgher and he's got his own bridge named after him.
1: Mm-hmm. That's how you know you made it. Yep. Uh, we also have the four years voyages of Captain George Roberts by Captain George Ooh. Roberts. <laughs> so before we get into the subject matter today, I just want to throw out a bit of a content warning. Some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today is very heavy. We're going to be talking about some pretty graphic acts, some very, very gratuitous violence. So if you are of a bit of a squeamish nature or you feel like that may be upsetting to you, and if you want to give this episode a skip and wait for the next one to come out, we totally understand.
0: Yeah, fair warning. Uh, This one's going to get a little bit weird. Yeah, it's going to get dark. It's going to get weird. Yeah, this is pretty rough.
1: So I'd say let's get straight into it. Yep, let's dive in. Edward Ned Lowe was born in the London District of Westminster sometime around the year 1690. He grew up poor and was basically a child of the streets. He was said to be illiterate. He was also described as having a quote quarrelsome nature, running wild in the streets of his native parish, and at an early age fell to being a compulsive gambler by about seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was always ready to cheat when playing games of chance with the footmen in the lobbies of the nearby House of Commons. Which, if you don't know anything about the House of Commons, it's basically Britain's version of our House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. So imagine this little Oliver Twist-looking kid just playing dice with uh, with with Capitol Police in the lobby of the Capitol building.
0: I like that's, that they were inside. Like uh, that's like it wasn't like in the
1: alley or something. No, it was in it was in yeah, the lobby, just were, inside. inside. I mean, you get through your day however you can, I suppose. Yeah. So Lowe appears to have grown up as a member of a family full of thieves, and while we don't really know anything about his parents, it was said that his brother Richard, at the tender age of seven, was. According to Charles Johnson, quote, a youth of genius, when he was but seven years old, he used to be carried in a basket upon a porter's back into a crowd and would snatch hats and wigs. According to the exact chronology of Newgate, he was the first who practiced this ingenious trick. So here's this kid carried in a big basket He's on some a kid, kid's back, kid in a, would just in a pop backpack, out. and because and, wigs and hats were very expensive. Mm. And he would just grab the expensive-looking ones and just... Boops, and just pop right, right back right in. into the basket. Where did my foppish wig go? Yeah.
0: Oh, my.
1: <laughs> so Richard would then go on to become a pickpocket, a street thief, a housebreaker, and a highwayman. But he would end his days being hanged at Tyburn with the celebrated Jack Hall, the chimney sweeper thief. Who might, might actually be worth looking into in the future. Mm. So following Richard's example, the young Ned took up pickpocketing as well and became well-practiced at confidence tricks and burglaries and he was known to rob other pickpockets and street toughs, as he made a name for himself. But getting London to his later teenage years, he was forced to flee London to avoid the law. Lowe spent several years sailing around various parts of the New World, bopping around working various jobs and continuing his small criminal enterprises until it was time to move on to the next port, and Ned eventually settled down in Boston sometime around 1710. He found work at a rigging house making sails, rope, and cables for the shipping trade. And according to records we have, in August 1714, he married a a woman named Eliza Marble at the First Church of Boston. They went on to have a son who died in infancy, and then a daughter named Elizabeth, born in the winter of 1719. However, poor Eliza died giving birth to Elizabeth, leaving that alone with his baby daughter. The loss of his wife would go on to have a profound effect upon Lowe, as would the eventual separation from his daughter when he left Boston, as we will see. So struggling as a single father and following whatever economic opportunity was laid in front of him, Lowe soon abandoned his baby girl and left Boston in early 1722 to become the leader of a gang of 12 men who boarded a sloop to take them to the coast of Honduras, where they planned to collect a shipment of logs good for shipbuilding for resale in Boston. Now all seemed to go well until on the return trip, short of rations, Lowe instigated a mutiny against the captain when the man ordered them to share a bottle of rum instead of being fed. So picking up a musket, Ned fired at the captain, but missed, shooting another man through the face. And forced to leave the ship and set adrift in a small boat, Lowe's 12-man gang ended up taking a small sloop off the coast of Rhode Island that had come to their rescue, killing one man in the the attempt, and turned pirate, determined in Charles Johnson's words, quote, to go in her, make a black flag, and declare war against all the world.
0: It's pretty awesome.
1: That's a great quote. That's pretty awesome. That's what he said to Spriggs. With his behavior from this point forward, I think it's pretty accurate.
0: yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a, a slow burn into him mm-hmm. like, like the transition is pretty fluid into him being a like a swarthy pirate into essentially like a serial killer.
1: yeah, and what's what's interesting too is Lowe is one of these guys who, unlike most of the other great pirates of the golden Age, he didn't have a background as a seafarer.
0: Yeah, he's one of very few guys we're going to talk about that was never
1: in the navy. He didn't. I mean, the only on time the he
0: spent on a boat is whenever he was going to Boston
1: or bopping around from port to port in his earlier days.
0: Yeah, or whenever he was working as a rigger mm-hmm. and you know loading uh, lumber for cargo. Yeah.
1: Well, and one assumes he must have picked up some sort of skill through that. Yeah, he
0: was but... a, like a, a junior officer mm-hmm. on this boat, so yeah, he's going to know how they work. Basically, and, I mean, we find out at one point is. He's not a very uh, dutiful sailor when it comes to maintenance. He's not. <laughs> we'll find that out. Though. He's not.
1: There's a lot of trading off of ships in his fleet. Mm-hmm. So, Lowe sets up shop in a hunting ground off of the shipping lanes between Boston and New York. Now, he and his small crew begin capturing a series of small prizes, plundering them and slowly adding new members to his crew, and starting the, this particular practice of cutting away the rigging of looted ships so as to prevent them returning to port too quickly to raise the alarm. And soon Lowe's crew headed south to the waters off the Cayman Islands, where contact was made with the pirate captain George Lowther and his small flotilla. Lowe ends up being made Lowther's lieutenant and second-in-command, and was made part of the crew of Lowther's flagship, Happy Delivery. When Happy Delivery was, quote, destroyed by Indians... I, I also looked into an elaboration on that quote. I found
0: nothing. Absolutely nothing.
1: We don't know how it was destroyed by Indians. We don't know why it was destroyed by Indians. We don't know where it was destroyed by
0: Indians. Yeah, we just know that all of a sudden the happy delivery just simply did not exist anymore. Yes.
1: So they transfer to a schooner called the Ranger, and following a number of successful raids, Lathers' flotilla captures a six-gun brigantine named the Rebecca. On, on May 28th, 1722, he gives it to Lowe, the captain, and... Lowe sets off with a crew of 44 aboard the Rebecca. They end up amicably dissolving their partnership, although some have theorized that Lowther was only too happy to send Lowe off on his own, uh, having witnessed his growing cruelty and sadistic nature with prisoners and wanting no part of that sort of behavior and the heat that it could bring down upon him.
0: Yeah, kind of uh, ridding yourself of Ned Lowe is a pretty common theme in the guy's life. Mm -hmm. After he tried to stage a mutiny and shot one of the other sailors to the neck. Um, the captain of that vessel, it was an easy decision for him to put him and the other malcontents on a boat and get rid of him. Yep. And now George Lothar was... It's Everything kind of seems like it was amicable, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for two very successful pirates with, with multiple vessels to just kind of go about it on their own. Mm. A lot of these guys work together for the duration of one or both of their careers. I mean, a lot of times whenever a pirate... Gang essentially breaks up. It's because one of them dies, mm-hmm.
1: or there is a major disagreement. Yes, or there's yeah some kind of Donnybrook yeah, breaks out, out or a whole big thing that happens. So yeah, Lowe's this is
0: cr- not yeah. this is not what happens.
1: They just split up
0: and went their own way.
1: Yeah. Th- at this point, Lowe's career as a pirate captain really takes off, starting in June 1722 when he attacks a fleet of 13 fishing vessels from New England that are sheltering at anchor in Port Roseway, Nova Scotia. Hoisting the black flag and declaring no mercy for any fishermen that resisted, Lowe sweeps in and the entire fleet submits without resistance. Although, according to reports published the next month in the Boston newsletter, Lowe killed several of the fishermen anyway. And because... Well, apparently just because.
0: Yeah. A fisherman's not going to put up a fight. Mm -hmm. These are unarmed vessels against... Well, I mean, just the, the Rebecca itself had 44 men. Very few fishing vessels
1: mm-hmm. had a big crew. You didn't yeah. need it. Small crew, no heavy weapons. a mm-hmm. uh, time with 44 men on it and six mm-hmm. cannons sails in. What are you going to and do?
0: The Rebecca, they added guns to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I've read anywhere it had up to 16 guns.
1: Yeah. So... He takes the largest of the ships, an 80-ton schooner that he then puts 10 guns aboard and renames Fancy Mm -hmm. and made her his flagship, abandoning the Rebecca and setting those fishermen who didn't join his crew adrift in the one ship that he didn't burn. Now, for those taken prisoner, a really unpleasant time awaits them. According to an account published by a sailor named Philip Ashton, who escaped Lowe's crew in May 1723, quote, Of all the piratical crews that were ever heard of, None of the English name came up to this in barbarity. Their mirth and their anger had much the same effect, for both were usually gratified with the cries and groans of their prisoners, so that they almost as often murdered a man from an excess of good humor as out of passion and resentment. And the unfortunate could never be assured of safety from them, for danger lurked in their very smiles, end quote. And to quote a later part of the account, quote, I soon found that any death was preferable to be linked with such a vile crew of miscreants, to whom it was a sport to do mischief, where prodigious drinking, monstrous cursing and swearing, hideous blasphemies, and open defiance of heaven and contempt of hell itself was the constant employment, unless when sleep somewhat abated the noise and the reveling. So these are these are party boys.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, it seems not like well behaved. Everybody that kinda hangs out with Ned Lowe they're all of uh they're all of sound mind mm-hmm. uh they they like burning vessels with people on them uh, and and the longer this goes on the the more barbaric it gets and yeah. it it starts to get very bothersome and this is before Nedlow would attack almost exclusively fishing vessels mm-hmm. uh because there was very little chance that they would there would be any kind of fight he had his m o was if a man was married he wouldn't conscript him, and mm-hmm. he wouldn't hurt him. Yeah. If there was ever a woman on a vessel.
1: Never touched him.
0: Never touched him, and ensured their safe passage, passage. back. back no, to the closest friendly not, port. To the friendly port. And in some cases, it was where they were headed to begin with. Mm-hmm. And he would...
1: Also never harmed a hair on a child's head.
0: Yeah. Never a child, never a woman, never a married man. So there is part of his mind that still is... And it, it's almost assuredly because of trauma. Mm-hmm. That this yeah. is all kind of coming back, and then that part of his brain seems to turn off. Yes, but like he would, he would uh, try to blockade small towns, uh, and if he had prisoners, he would threaten threaten violence against the prisoners. He never harmed any of them, but that could be for two reasons. Uh, one is if you start murdering them, uh, then you know the kind of game's over. You lose your bargaining chip. Yeah, you're done. But uh, but after he gets the fancy. Mm-hmm. And his crew starts to... They all kind of feed off yeah. of each other. It starts to get weird.
1: So, let's get into the weird part. Yeah. So, one of Lowe's favorite tactics was the use of false colors, which is when you approach a vessel, you raise a different country's flag. Mm-hmm. Their flag or a flag... Their flag or a flag of an allied nation to trick them into thinking that you're a friendly vessel. And, but this almost backfires a couple of times, such as off of Newfoundland, where Lomas took a French brig of war for a fishing vessel and barely escapes... Now he moves on through the rest of 1722 to a series of hunting grounds, moving from the Grand Banks off of Newfoundland to the Azores, where he added a captured vessel to his growing little fleet named, I love this, Rose Pink, the Rose Pink, which becomes his new flagship. They then move on to the Canary Islands, Cape Verde, back to the coast of Brazil, looping around back once again to the Caribbean, taking prizes all the while and accruing a flotilla of as many as seven ships and over 200 men. At its largest point. Now, by the end of 1722, however, misfortune begins to befall Low and his crew. 120 miles east of Suriname, Low drops anchor to careen the hulls of his ships, and that means to clean them of barnacles and seaweed and all sorts of things that will slow them down and break down the timbers of the lower parts of the hull. But aboard the Rose Pink. Too many men moved to one side of the ship, and she tipped over too far in the water.
0: It had so many barnacles and seaweed and shit on the bottom. Yeah, he, they just they just didn't careen it.
1: Yeah, they went they went too long without careening yeah, it. But which is kind
0: of what but, happens whenever but, a guy isn't in the navy.
1: <laughs> but the Rose Pink tips over enough to start letting portholes into yep or letting if water you've seen into the open ship into the portholes that, that they left open. It's yeah. the same thing that sank the Mary Rose, mm-hmm. Henry the Henry the Eighth's flagship, right. And so she sinks taking with her several of Lowe's men and nearly all of the flotilla's provisions. So they're trying to so this flotilla's trying to le- limp into the nearest usable port. Lowe's crews are put on rations as short as one ship's biscuit and half a pint of water a day. They got to deal with light winds and heavy currents. They finally reach the island of Grenada, uh, which is under French ownership at this time, putting men ashore to gather water and food. The French masters of the island sent a ship, uh, sent a sloop to investigate, which Lowe promptly captures and renames the Ranger. I'm, I'm getting a trend here in ship naming, by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. There, we will mention multiple Rangers. They're not the same Ranger. They're not the same
1: vessel. <laughs> I, there were three or four ships named Ranger. Just Lo in his fleet, over, yeah, just in Lowe's. And it was around this time that he gave command of a small captured schooner named Squirrel to his quartermaster, a guy named Francis Spriggs, who promptly <laughs> sailed away and abandoned the fleet. Due Spriggs, to a dis-
0: Spriggs was one of the guys that got kicked off the boat whenever they shot the, the sailor. Yeah. That's how long they had been together. Yeah,
1: Francis Spriggs had been with him from the beginning. But it, they think it was due to a disagreement that Spriggs had with Lowe over a crew member that Lowe had flogged to death for a relatively minor infraction. So Lowe's fleet continues their exploits through the Caribbean and off of South America for the next several months, capturing a large sloop that Lowe names the Fortune— and in the process beating several of her sailors to death and cutting the right ear off of all of those who didn't voluntarily join the pirates mm-hmm.
0: and after you cut off your right ear you were still manacled you were still shackled you were still beaten until you eventually decided to join it yeah so you really didn't have a choice
1: yeah so the american weekly mercury newspaper some months later describes this period with the following words quote the pirates were waiting there for them "'took them and plundered them. "'They cut and whipped some, "'and others they burnt with matches "'between their fingers to the bone "'to make them confess where their money was. "'They took the value of a thousand pistoles "'from passengers and others. "'They then let them go, "'but coming on the coast off of the capes of Virginia, "'they were once again chased by the same pirates "'who first took them. "'They did not trouble them again, "'but wished them well home.' They saw that at the same time his consort, a sloop of eight guns with a ship and a sloop, which were supposed to be prizes, they were commanded by one Edward Lowe. The pirates gave us an account of his taking the Bay of Honduras from the Spaniards, which had surprised the English, and taking them and put all the Spaniards to the sword, excepting two boys, and as also burning the King George, a snow belonging to New York, and sunk one of the New England ships and cut off one of the master's ears and slit his nose. All this... They themselves confessed. So it's talking about this period where they're just banging around, taking ship after ship after mm-hmm. ship, and basically committing random acts of violence. One of
0: his favorite things, and, and they mentioned burning the match between the fingers, it's imagine if you looped around your wrist, wrapped around your thumb, and kind of wove between your fingers mm-hmm. a length of rope. He would they typically tie you to the mask with your hands behind your back. This
1: rope is also covered in tar.
0: Yes. And they would light the rope on fire, so it burns very hot, very hot, and relatively slowly. Mm-hmm. And it will burn to the bone, every single one of your fingers.
1: Yeah. In until sequence, you tell them where the coin is, it will start at the
0: stings. pinky and it'll stop at the thumb mm-hmm. until it gets to your wrist. Yeah.
1: Savage, absolutely savage. I have no other word for it.
0: No, I mean, you. It will burn your fingers very slowly mm-hmm. away from your, your hand. hand. And now we're going to... And if you would tell, oftentimes, they just went and looked for the stuff and let you burn. hmm Like, oh, the, okay, it's locked in this cabin, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great, thanks.
1: Great, thanks. And then they just went and got it. Yeah. So another episode in this period has Lowe capturing a Portuguese ship called the Nostra Senhora de Victoria on the 25th of January, 1723. Where her captain allowed a bag of gold bullion worth some fifteen thousand pounds, yeah, about what, four like and a half hundred pieces of gold, yeah, about four and a half million dollars today, to be thrown overboard rather than to be taken by the pirates. Flying into one of his rages, Low sliced off the captain's lips with his cutlass, broiled them in a frying pan, and forced the victim to eat them whilst they were still hot, and then murdered the remaining crew to a man. Other tales of his cruelty have him burning a French cook alive, saying that he was, according to Charles Johnson, "quote a greasy fellow who would fry well." Yeah. And another incident yeah, was they, spoken they of. They
0: tied him to the mast, yeah. set the ship on fire, and just
1: watched. And another, and another incident is spoken of where Lowe single-handedly killed fifty-three sailors and passengers from a Spanish merchantman with only his cutlass. I've
0: seen that number listed as high as seventy. Yeah. Anywhere between fifty and seventy.
1: Now, a little bit of comeuppance happens when in April 1723, after a near-disastrous encounter with the English Man of War HMS Mermaid, which Lowe once again attacked, mistaking her for a merchant vessel. Uh and by this point, Lowe has paired his fleet down to two ships, the Fancy and the Ranger. Different uh, Ranger. Different Ranger. <laughs> different under Ranger. the command of his of his new lieutenant Charles Harris. They're leaving the Caribbean once again for the Azores. Crown, the Crown finally places a bounty on Lowe's head. They finally take notice of the acts of terror undertaken by this rogue captain, and they finally deploy ships specifically to hunt Ned Lowe. Now, Lowe's vessel spent two months hunting in the Azores before reaching the eastern seaboard, but in the days since, men like Edward Teach, Charles Vane, and your boy, Steed Bonnet, <laughs> thank you, were cruising those waters, one particular thing had changed. The Royal Navy's presence in the Americas had more than tripled since 1718 in response to this pirate threat, specifically when it came to the sorts of small fast post ships that had decent firepower and large crews that were ideal for hunting pirate vessels. On June 10, 1723, off Delaware Bay, that's exactly the sort of vessel that Lowe's ships encountered when they mistakenly attacked the 20-gun sixth-rate HMS Greyhound, having mistaken her for a whaling ship. So, with 20 guns and a crew of 130, Captain Peter Solgard of the Greyhound had no problem letting the pirates get close before he raised Royal Navy colors and unleashed multiple broadsides into the guts of both of Lowe's ships Mm -hmm. as they maneuvered into the border. Now, realizing they were outmatched, Lowe's vessels fled, but Ranger had her rigging torn apart by English cannon shot and was overtaken, boarded, and surrendered after a short skirmish on deck. Now, the damaged Fancy, with Lowe aboard, managed to limp away under oar power, taking heavy casualties, but still keeping the nearly 150,000 pounds worth of gold and silver, which is worth as much as $45 million today, in Lowe's possession. So 43 of the Rangers men are captured, 25 of them meet their end at the noose on July 25th, 1723 in Newport, Rhode Island, including Charles Harris. Now having suffered this crushing defeat... Lowe repairs his vessel and sets off on what I can only describe as a terror spree. Yep. This is when yeah, he it's no longer about really prizes. loses it. The gloves are off. He is out for nothing short of sheer revenge against the English. He captures a dozen vessels in two weeks. And in each instance, he's escalating his violence against the English crews. He commits dozens of cold-blooded murders. Including setting whole crews adrift in small boats without any oars, any sails, any supplies. Things got so bad after the capture of two fishing boats off of Rhode Island that Lowe's crew actually refused to carry out his savage order to torture and subsequently murder the whole crews of both of the ships. Now, this is the point where if he's setting these crews adrift, maybe they get lucky. And and they get to an island, or they're rescued by another ship, or you catch the wrong current and you just drift off into the Atlantic to and die. It's
0: more more likely the case. I mean that's that's what Ned Lowe was banking on. Yeah, he didn't want you to find an island. No
1: survivors, no witnesses. And it's a way of just going. They're not my problem anymore. I don't care if they die.
0: And it's an unpleasant way to go. Yeah, it's a slow death. Yep, it's a slow death. Yeah, so, I mean, you you bake to death. Yeah, essentially, you really do very slowly.
1: Now, heading south once again in July, Lowe captures a 22-gun French merchantman and a large Virginian vessel named, and I love this... It's a good one. ...the Merry Christmas, oh, oh, oh. which Lowe turns into his new flagship and mounts with 34 guns. He rejoins with George Lowther and his former first mate, Francis Spriggs. <laughs> but by late August, they've once again parted ways... Uh, Lother and Spriggs being joined by all of Lowe's other vessels, leaving him alone in command of the Merry Christmas. And when you think of a terrifying pirate vessel name, the first thing that springs to mind is Merry Christmas. Hey, it's better than Happy Holidays. You can just get out. (laughs) And that is the last confirmed information we have about Ned Lowe. Yeah,
0: and and one of the reasons why is, is we always talked about how contemporary um, Charles Johnson's
1: book was, uh, he was still an active pirate. Yeah. Whenever Charles the Charles Johnson's came out. book was published in 1724. Mm-hmm. This was right at the same time that Charles John or that, that Ned Lowe was kind of fell off the radar. Yep. And nobody has any idea what happened to yeah. him. Ned He's- Lowe completely disappears from the record. Now, what everyone pretty much agrees on is that his pirate career had en- ends by the end of
0: 1724. Yeah, there's no he he stops appearing after 1725. So he, he either gives up piracy or, in, in the case yeah. of, of one of these, uh, he's hanged.
1: Well, there are several theories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: there, and So Charles Johnson states that Lowe was sighted near the Canary Islands and the African coast before he and the entire crew of the Merry Christmas disappear. And one uh, rumor notes that he was sailing for Brazil and the Merry Christmas sank with all hands en route in a storm. Mm-hmm. Which may be a likely outcome. Sapping mm-hmm. the ships all the time. Another rumor has him making it to Brazil, scuttling the Merry Christmas and disappearing into the Portuguese colonies, living off of his ill-gotten gains and having never been caught. Mm-hmm.
0: There are two versions of uh, another one with the crew of the Merry Christmas is where they, they've kind of had it with him because mm-hmm. the dude's fucking nuts. And uh, Both they, of these
1: sources from the 19th century, so right. about a little over 100 years later.
0: Yep. So they... Uh, they Set him, they set him loose, they put him in a boat, and mm-hmm. he either rose to Brazil, where he lives out the rest of his days there, comfortably, and isn't a pirate, or another one is that he was picked up by a French vessel. And
1: taken to Martinique. Mm-hmm. Where he was he was summarily hanged. Yep, he was recognized, Martinique. he was arrested, and he met his end, dancing the hempen jig. Yeah, but nobody knows. and That's probably the likeliest. And according to these stories, the crew of the Merry Christmas then went on to elect a new captain... And returned to sail alongside Francis Spriggs. So, man, well, it's like I remember this guy; he's cool. Unlike this prick that we just put in a boat, right? Man, he was something yeah. else. Yeah, and and there's this huge mystery that surrounds his final fate, and and a, a lot of it is kind of exacerbated by the millions of dollars worth of treasure. He that was, nobody knows what happened to it. Yeah, he, the guy was incredibly successful. Yeah. So he's kept, I mean, it, the rumors of where his his vessels have sank have kept treasure hunters busy since. Pretty much ever since. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody wants all of that gold and silver. Maybe that's what I want to do when I grow up. Maybe. Just treasure hunt. This podcasting thing doesn't pan out. Right. I mean, we could we could do both. Yeah. So let's recap. By going over some of Lowe's favorite torture and intimidation techniques, just to lay down how much of a fucking psycho this guy actually yeah, he, was. Yeah,
0: I mean, this was a this was a bad person. Yeah,
1: it, no, we, he was a serial killer. He was a serial. He killer. was a serial killer. I mean, okay, so let's look at some of the more prolific pirates. I, I can fully believe that that Edward Teach, in the course of his entire pirating career. Disregarding the final battle against against the English, mm-hmm. probably killed less than a dozen people. He and his crew probably killed less than a dozen people throughout their entire career. Because there were a couple little scraps on board ships, I mean, but yeah, for the most part, there weren't. At the, least,
0: I mean, a dozen people. Uh, like whenever you weren't engaged with a naval
1: vessel, or where cannons yeah, were involved, the vast majority of pirates wanted your 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 goods. They didn't. They didn't want your lives. Yeah. They didn't. They had or to in gain some cases, they wanted you. you. Or in some cases, they wanted you. They yeah. had nothing to gain from killing you. Mm-hmm. Compared to that, I can fully believe that Ned Lowe is responsible for maybe a thousand deaths. Directly, Easily. Directly. Directly. Either through killing people himself or giving orders to kill them. There's, there's to his crew. at least like
0: 80 instances of him just stabbing prisoners. Yeah. A, and that's just a Stabbing them, one.
1: shooting them, beating them to death, flogging he, them to death. He did everything.
0: They tied all of these people. They tied their wrists to their ankles and had them on their knees and he stabbed all of them. Yeah. He didn't cut off heads. He stabbed all of them because it takes longer
1: to die. That well, he was way. said to have cut off the decapitated some ship's officers. So let's go over the list. So he cuts off the lips of a victim, fries them in a pan, and feeds them back to the unfortunate owner. That's that's some shit, yeah. man. He ties a victim's hands with tar-soaked rope between the fingers, sets light to the rope, and burns the flesh down to the bone. He ties victims by the neck to the yardarm. These victims, by the way, being... Portuguese priests and has his men hoist them up and down and up and down and up and down lifting and dropping them repeatedly. Until they died. Until they died. Until their next snap. Yeah, he burned a French cook alive. Just he, because he was a fat guy he thought it'd be funny. Yeah, he executed at least 53 bound Spanish prisoners single-handedly with only his cutlass. He stabbed every single one of them just on general prison. Yeah. Just because. He, he disemboweled victims and would tie them to the mess with their own intestines He would decapitate people. He would castrate people. He was a fan of the good old-fashioned pistol whipping. He would cut off the ears and noses of those who denied telling him of rich cargo or refused to join his crew. He would have men carried up to the tops of the masts and dropped to the deck. He would seemingly randomly whip and flog not only prisoners but members of his own crew, often for made-up offenses or very, very minor offenses. And, of course, there was the intentional starving and denial of water to prisoners and casting captured men adrift.
0: And they say he got kicked off the Merry Christmas because he shot a man for sleeping. Yeah. The guy was asleep, so he shot him. They said that's why the crew... Was it was
1: somebody he had a disagreement with, uh-huh. and apparently the guy was asleep. And there was a rumor that he shot him in the balls. Good God. Yeah. But let's also go over some of the other behaviors that no, Lowe had to counterbalance this cruel nature. He never forced married men to join his crew. That was at least initially. I don't know if that... Supposedly like, he kept it up through his entire okay, career. Okay, because they,
0: like they, I stopped hearing references about it, so I wasn't sure if like he kind of changed whenever he obviously goes fucking nuts. Yeah.
1: Well, co- accordingly theorizes that the the behavior continued. Yeah. He never harmed a female passenger or any children. He would often fall into long periods of melancholy and would spend hours on deck openly weeping, bemoaning the death of his late wife Eliza and their infant son and the abandonment of his daughter... And he was prone to great bouts of euphoric, almost manic happiness and laughter for hours on end. He would just stand on deck laughing like a lunatic. So, I mean, yeah, we're talking about a lot of pirates, I'm sure, were sociopaths and not great members of society. I mean, you kind of had to be. But now we've moved into absolute batty nuggets, drooling fruitcake fucking lunacy. Yeah. And he was incredibly canny. He was smart. he was a very smart he was well, a very I mean, he wily grew the, he grew up on the streets he was wily he had to be to survive mm-hmm. growing up on the streets of London because London was not a nice a, place to be at this time
0: yeah. and then now the guy's got a well armed and organized navy yeah. of lunatics yeah he had seven vessels at and one he's point. he's given all the orders. He, he captured over a hundred vessels. The yeah. only guy in history... He's one of the ever, most
1: prolific yeah. pirates ever. The
0: only guy that ever did more was Bart Roberts. Yeah. Who is probably the greatest pirate of all time. And he did it in two years.
1: Two years. or less. Like like most of these pirates, he had a very short career. Mm-hmm. Two years at most. So, yeah, Lowe's got this and incredible he is, legacy.
0: He is the poster boy for what the, the Royal Navy would want yeah. you to think of when you think the of a pirate. The demonic
1: pirate figure. Yeah and and his flag didn't didn't do anything to take away from that. I love Ned Lowe's flag. Ned, Lowe's, is, Ned Lowe
0: has maybe the elite pirate flag. It
1: is just a big black background, solid black background with a big red skeleton. That's all it That's is. That's all it is. It's beautiful, it's simple. Now an interesting part of no another interesting part of Lowe's legacy is that we still have copies of his articles. Yep. He had them written down and and there are 10 points of note. And would you like to hear them? Well, let's go for it. That's why we all came, right? It's the price of admission. One. The captain is to have two full shares. The quartermaster is to have one share and one half. The doctor mate, gunner and bosun one share and one quarter. So that's dividing up treasure. Right. Two. He that shall be found guilty of taking up any unlawful weapon on board the privateer or any other prize by us taken so as to strike or abuse one another in any regard shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall see fit. Three. He that shall be found guilty of cowardice in the time of engagements shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall think fit.
0: Which is, is unique in that uh, Charles Johnson says that whenever they were engaged with the Greyhound, that they had tactical superiority. They had the battle won, Low saw the ranger lose its mast, and split. Beat it. yeah. feet. So he got the hell out of there. Which is another reason why they're saying that he ended up losing almost all of his crew to Lothar. They, yeah. they
1: went back because... They didn't want to sail with a man that they knew right now. They saw as a coward. He's a coward. And they also knew that he was probably completely fucking nuts. And a goddamn lunatic. Yeah. Four. And he's just burning fingers off for yeah. fun. Four. If any gold, jewels, silver, etc. be found on board any of the prize or prizes to the value of a piece of eight, and the finder do not deliver it to the quartermaster in the space of 24 hours, he shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall think fit. Five. He that is found guilty of gaming or defrauding one another to the value of a royal of plate... Shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall think fit. No gambling on board. All this murder. (laughs) Don't you gamble. Six. He that shall have the misfortune to lose a limb in the time of engagement shall have the sum of 600 pieces of eight and remain on board as long as he shall think fit. So it's a medical pension.
0: Yeah. And if you didn't think that you could, you wanted to do it anymore, you could quit. You
1: just go. Seven. Good quarters shall be given when craved. This he did not practice.
0: No, no, not at all.
1: Because a whole lot of people surrendered and then lost their lives for it, or yep. were tortured for it.
0: He, he was big into burning ships with people still on him.
1: Mm-hmm. Eight, he that sees a sail first shall have the best pistol or small arm aboard of her. So whoever spots the ship that you take, you get the nicest gun or sword. That makes sense. Nine, he that shall be guilty of drunkenness in time of engagement shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall think fit. And finally, ten. No snapping of guns in the hold.
0: Don't right. shoot your
1: pistol inside. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just keep the shooting outside, fellas. Yeah. And that, that is the story of Ned Lowe. Man, he was something else. Man, he really was. This he dude was, something was else. he was a bad dude. I'm gonna go take a shower now to cleanse myself of him.
0: I and mean, it's it's a it's a fairly unique story to the other things we've been talking yeah. about because he said he's not a navy man. No. But he did come from a background of crime. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, he didn't come from a nautical family or any kind no, of
0: nautical not, culture, not at all. really. Well, he said that... Right, he were up next to the on, Houses
1: of Parliament, for fuck's sake.
0: Yeah. First time he was on a boat was whenever he was going... He was crossing the Atlantic. Yeah. Pretty wild. And then he ended up commanding seven vessels. and
1: was a lunatic.
0: Yeah, just like a bloodthirsty yeah. murderer. Like, Ned Lowe was Well, though, what's good interesting
1: is, you know, we talk about him basically becoming a serial killer, is you have two types of serial killers. You have process killers and you have product killers process killers where it's about the kill yeah product killers it's about what the kill achieves and what's weird about Ned Lowe is he kind of sits in a crux between the two yeah he's the middle of that Venn diagram he clearly enjoys torturing and killing people he gets some kind of thrill from it I don't know what that thrill is we don't have an accurate psychological profile of the guy but well we can kind of ballpark it we can ballpark it and but we know that it was for financial gain yeah so, yeah, that's, that's Ned Lowe. So, we're going to be talking about somebody next week that's a little less unpleasant and, and still a pretty, uh, somebody with quite the legacy. We're going to be talking about the famed French privateer, Jean Bart.
0: Yeah, he's another one that, that really doesn't get enough of a share in yeah. history. I, 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 the more I was reading about Ned Lowe, the, the more I'm shocked that guys who were fairly mediocre pirates... Like, uh, like Jack Rackham and and your boy, Steed. Uh, they have a, a far bigger share of the conversation than he does. Yeah, He's the second most prolific pirate in the Caribbean's history. history. And nobody knows who he is. Yeah. I didn't know a whole lot about Medlow. I just knew he was fucking nuts. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that he burned people's fingers off. Yeah, I wish more people knew about him. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, so he, was, uh, be, he had a great bit part in Black Sails. Yeah, it was what season two, I believe. Season two, Ty season Murphy, two. the same guy who played Arne the Archer in Vikings. Yep. So yeah, next week we're going to be talking about Jean Bart, another prolific guy. Yeah, that's a good one. He was this dude made some yeah. bucks. And then uh, going into 2019, now that we have the new year, we're, we've got a couple things that we're excited about announcing. We don't have specifics yet, but coming up in the next few months, we're actually going to be doing some live dates. Yep, we're going to be doing some we are, live shows. We now we're bringing action to you. Mm-hmm. Now these are going to be these are going to be uh, recordings that are not going to be posted. These are going to be this is going to be unique content. This is not going to be recorded. It's going to be simply for the people that are there. So once we have more sp- uh, specific dates and venues, you guys will be the first to know. We are also in the next couple weeks here going to be launching our Patreon page. Now, we want to keep this, co- uh, we are never going to make people pay for this podcast. We want to no. keep it free. However, it does cost money to make this, it does cost us money. We have to buy research materials, equipment, beer. Well, but what Patreon does is it allows you to, if you so choose, if you have decided that we are worthy of a little bit of your money. To financially support us, become a patron of the podcast. It's simple. It's easy. You give a set amount every month. It can be as little as a dollar,
0: yeah, or or even a one time gift. Yeah. You don't have to. Or sign even up a one time gift,
1: whatever you think we are deserving of. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, you are now that you will be opened up to exclusive content, exclusive specialty content. Behind the scenes special episodes, you know, we're thinking of doing, you know, Robin Chris review pirate movies, um, interviews with people we we will like talking to. So stay tuned for more information about that.
0: Yeah, even even specific events and things that we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's gonna be a really great way for you to have a, a very direct line of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we will definitely be taking your input into account, we will be taking it very seriously. Absolutely. Uh, so if there's something that you as a Patreon subscriber really want to hear about, there's a, a much greater chance that that happening. I'll put yes. it that way. Yeah, so yeah we're we still working on getting
1: all you. that set up. So next episode, we'll come to you with the specifics on where you can find our Patreon and page. And we
0: also want to kind of expand our outreach here. We're, uh, mm-hmm. we're talking about doing some
1: video. Yep. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot more video content also coming up in 2019. Chris and I are taking this on the road. We're going to be doing some recordings in different places. We know for sure we're going to be doing a recording while we're down at uh, Pirate Spring Training in Bradenton, Florida. Mm-hmm. Try to try to recruit mm-hmm. some special guests while we're down there. Yep, we're going to be uh, we're going to be going to some fun and exotic locations. So, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us or you want to follow our exploits, Chris, where can they find us on social media?
0: Well, you can find us on social media at uh, TRR Pod. Uh, On Twitter. That's a pretty easy one. Uh, Please, as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Subscribing Mm -hmm. is the easiest way to catch up with everything. It helps us, it helps you. Uh, We are on the four majors we are on Google Play, we are on SoundCloud, we are on iTunes, and we are on Stitcher. Uh, If you want to follow, say, maybe see a little more uh, behind the scenes stuff, by all means, find us at uh, TRR Podcast on uh, Instagram. And if you look up Thieves, Rogues, and Renegades, you can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, and for sure, uh, subscribe to YouTube. Uh, you can hit the little bell. You can ring that little bell so you get all the notifications as they come okay. up. Because we are going to be more, uh, I don't want to say more active because we already have some stuff. But we're going to put some some different things up there. Like there there we, is going
1: to be more video content We're going
0: to get some up. more video content. And we're working on some quality video content for you. Um, we don't just want to keep sticking to my cell phone anymore.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you can find me, Rob, on Instagram at Meatneck. You can find me on Twitter at Meatneck2.
0: And if you want to find me on Instagram, by all means, please follow me at Nightlife Commando. Uh, I pretty much just post memes.
1: Yep. Or pictures of your dog.
0: It's a lot of pictures of the dog. But
1: they're all great. Yeah, they're all great. They're all it's great. a pretty good dog. So yeah. Uh, special thanks, as always, to our friends, the Bloody Seamen for the use of their tunes. Definitely go on iTunes and check them out. We're on YouTube. They put out a lot of really good stuff. Thank you guys for an awesome show at Krampus knocked this year. Still good. We had a good. great time. Still
0: good. Still hungover. Still over.
1: such a great time. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm still hurting from it.
0: Oh, good Lord. I, I, I may never be the same. Good. Oh, we neglected to mention uh, our Beer of the Week. Oh, yes. We forgot to talk about this one. Uh, in honor of an English pirate. Uh, we are drinking English Dark Mild Ale from Tired Hands Brewing Company out of Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, they where are they Ardmore? I believe so. I think that sounds right. I might be wrong. Uh, uh, if we are, we'll we'll mention that in the show notes. But I'm almost positive. Uh, this is uh, Homespun Moon, their English-style dark ale. If you're looking for something a little on the easy-drinking side, by all means, mm-hmm. check that one out. And to our friends at Tired Hands, if you want us to talk more about your beer, by all means, send us a couple send us send us a couple cans. They do can their beer, which is always very exciting. It's always nice yep. to get a canned beer from a craft brewery.
1: Yeah, uh, and a very big thanks to all of us who uh, – all of our friends and family – who we get, got to see over the holidays and gave us input and encouragement. I don't want to thank any
0: of my friends. You saw what my house looked like. I'm still finding pictures like penises on a wall and shit. <laughs> yeah, that, sounds, that sounds like more of a you problem than less of a me <laughs> I problem. I was cleaning Chris. the house. I'm still finding bottle caps and I found a beer can like between the couch cushions. Like, what happened?
1: <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to Chris for coming down to see my family on Christmas Day. That Yeah, he came and wrecked visit. up the joint. Yeah, and hanging out with me and my, my parents, and the burn The Burr. Um, before we go, Chris, any resolutions for 2019? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to drink the same amount. Going full hipster? <sighs> this sucks, dude. I, eh?
0: I didn't... You I only didn't,
1: have yourself to blame. But, like, ah... Uh, it just sucks. I didn't know. Like,
0: it's, it's just... Ah... Uh.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to throw away all
0: my flannel shirt. <laughs> it's from Walmart. It's a Walmart flannel. <laughs> it's like $7. It's like, oh, God. I didn't, like, go to a thrift shop or pay 80 bucks for it because it's, like, slim fit.
1: God. <laughs> so, just, yeah, I'm going to go, and I'm going to
0: fight that weird mailman from Lawrenceville that wears his tiny shorts all year <laughs> just to prove that I'm on, a, I'm on the right side of history.
1: Oh, Plum Smuggler Paul.
0: <laughs> oh, God. How about how little that shirt is? Is he still the mailman there? I haven't been to Lawrenceville. Uh, I haven't seen him in quite some time. I can't afford Lawrenceville anymore. That's saying, no, I'm not a hipster. I don't go to Lawrenceville because, like, (laughs) I used to go
1: there when it sucked. All right. Well, 2019, I'm going to try to be better at social media, putting more out there. Better at Twitter. Better at Instagram. I'm trying. It'll be a slow burn, but hopefully, I can I can climb to the next level. (laughs) So yeah, hope you guys had fun listening about Ned Lowe and yeah, uh, too grossed out. I know we got through it okay. Yeah, that was pretty pretty ugly shit. So yeah, cool. We'll catch you guys next time. Hold fast.